0: Two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it, taking my breath away. Aaron, Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Herb Street 90 is 90 on the phone. Yeah. of the podcast. It is yeah. America, the Air Tour 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 Sports Podcast. The it same. is. Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. How about this? Three for three. This is our third episode of the week. If you missed our Monday recap show, make sure to check it out. If you missed Tuesday, talked a little bit of Michigan as well as the opening night of College Hoops, and we got ourselves a quick but busy Aaron Torres pot. No, we won't be talking about the Michigan scandal for pretty much the first time in forever. Instead, it is going to be an all-football show for a couple things, a couple things that I do want to discuss. One, the new college football playoff rankings are out, but I don't really want to talk about that. Instead, I've had a few of you ask me, what does the playoff picture look like, Torres? How many teams could realistically make it? I count 11 teams that could realistically still make the college football playoff. I will go through all of them. What's realistic? What isn't? What is the pathway to get in? And then from there, we'll take a quick break and listen. There's no time to waste. We got a mega weekend of college football, two top 10 matchups, Penn State hosting Michigan, Ole Miss at Georgia, and we're going to jump right into the previews tonight. No reason to wait. No reason to wait till Friday's show, Wednesday show, preview, picks, top 10 teams. Your boy Torres delivers as always. So let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time and let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, bluntly, uh, you know, I think the topic in the college sports world is probably that we did get our second set of college football playoff rankings. The problem is literally nothing in the top eight changed from last week. We have the exact same top eight from the first playoff rankings. uh, Number one, Ohio State. Number two, Georgia. Michigan. Florida State. Washington. Oregon. Texas. Alabama are your top eight. Number nine, Oklahoma last week lost. And so we now have Ole Miss at number nine, Penn State at number 10. But for the most part, the top 10 is basically the same. And so, yeah, could I do the argument of, oh, why is Georgia not number one? They should be number one instead of Ohio State. Why is Penn State ranked behind Ole Miss? Like, I could do that, but there's really no point. It's all going to sort itself out. It's not that much different. And so, what I want to do instead, Do something a little bit different today. What I want to do is go through the teams that I believe. We have three weeks left in the regular season. Cannot believe it. Plus the conference championship games. And I want to go through the teams that I believe can realistically make the college football playoff. I believe that we are down to 11. I believe that I'm going to give you 11 teams tonight. And four of those 11 will be in the college football playoff. There is one very random team. That still has a shot. So let's get into all of the different teams and what their pathways are to the playoff. And frankly, how realistic it is. And it isn't, we're just going to go number one through number 11. We're not going to spend a ton of time at the top because it's all pretty straightforward. But number one is Ohio state. Obviously Ohio state, like so many teams on this list, the pathway is pretty straightforward. If Ohio state wins out, they're in, they have Michigan state at home. They have Minnesota at home. They have at Michigan and then they obviously have the Big Ten championship game for Ohio State. Uh, you know, listen, they're a 30 plus point favorite this weekend against Michigan State at home. You feel pretty good about that. When well, you obviously feel pretty good about Minnesota. The big one is Michigan, right? And I think there's obviously a very likely scenario where if Michigan wins this weekend against Penn State, it is almost certainly a win that game and you're in the Big Ten championship, win that game, and you're essentially in the college football playoff. And so for Ohio State, the pathway is straightforward. You got four games left on the schedule, including a potential Big Ten championship game. Go 4-0. The only thing that I would add that does get interesting, one game that I think Ohio State is going to have a very keen eye on this weekend is Michigan and Penn State. Now, on the one hand, uh, Michigan, uh, Penn State, or Ohio State has already beaten Penn State. So on the one hand, you'd like to see Penn State beat Michigan because then that gives you a great win, but it also sets up the scenario for a three-way tie atop the standings. If Penn State beats Michigan this weekend and then Ohio State were to lose to Michigan in a couple weeks from now. Don't think Ohio State's worried this second about losing to Michigan, but it is kind of interesting. You you, you want Penn State to win because it helps your resume, but it also does kind of make the math easier if Michigan wins this weekend, and we'll preview that game in a minute, Then all of a sudden, it really will almost certainly boil down to a win, and you win the Big Ten East and go to the Big Ten Championship game when you play Michigan. So Ohio State's pathway is pretty straightforward. We know what it is. Win out and you're in. Let's get to number two. It is the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's number two in the college football playoff rankings, number one in the human polls. And Georgia, we've talked about it. Everybody that said this this path was so easy in the preseason, it looks a lot harder, right? Just beat Missouri, ranked number twelve in the country. Have number nine Ole Miss in town this weekend, and then you play a top twenty Tennessee team on the road next weekend. So for Georgia, same deal. Win and you're in. If you if you go undefeated in this, there's no doubt about it, right? If you go twelve and zero, you go to the SEC championship game as the SEC East champion. You would at that point play Alabama because if you beat Ole Miss this weekend, it means Alabama is automatically going to the sec championship game. And so you play Alabama and you're in, I think what's interesting from the Georgia perspective, you don't want to lose a game, but if you were to lose to Ole Miss this week, if you were to lose to Tennessee next week, it doesn't necessarily hurt you. Now, what is especially interesting, this to me is very important. If Georgia, this is important. Okay. Everyone thinks like Georgia, it's, it's Georgia Bama and the sec championship game. It's done. If Georgia, were to lose this weekend to Ole Miss, okay? And then Tennessee were to beat Missouri. Believe it or not, there is a scenario where Georgia might not even make the SEC championship game because Tennessee has two losses in SEC play. Georgia has one. They play next week in Knoxville. So if Tennessee wins this weekend, Georgia loses, there's a scenario where Georgia would not even go to the SEC championship game if they were to lose back to back games. That point the playoff picture is done, doesn't matter. But I just bring it up to say, I think everybody's just kind of put in pen. It's going to be Georgia and Bama and Atlanta. And obviously, by all accounts, that's the way it's trending, but it isn't done yet. Number three, it's the Michigan Wolverines. And Michigan, uh, we, we know what the narrative is with Michigan, but they keep winning. They keep dominating. And I bring it up because they got three games left on the schedule. But you could argue it's maybe the three toughest games that they have at Penn State this weekend, at Maryland this weekend, Ohio State to end the regular season. As I just said with Ohio State, um, the uh, you, know, you, you beat Penn State this weekend, you beat Maryland, it's pretty straightforward. You play Ohio State, the winner at that point would go to the Big Ten championship game and be playing for a college football playoff berth, assuming Ohio State takes care of business this week. If you lose this week to Penn State, though, because remember, Ohio State has already beaten Penn State. There is a scenario where you might not, there's a lot at stake for Michigan, right? Because Michigan, if they were to lose to Penn State right now, if they were to finish 11 and 1, if they were to beat Ohio State and Ohio State's 11 and 1 and Penn State's 11 and 1, there's a three way tie atop the Big 10 East. As of right now, it's actually Penn State which would win the tiebreaker and represent the Big 10 in the Big 10 championship game. And so from the Michigan perspective, boy, oh boy, oh boy, you kind of got to take care of business this week because if you lose this game, even if you were to beat Ohio State at 11 and one, if you don't go to the Big Ten championship game, you certainly don't have much of an out-of-conference resume with wins over East Carolina, Bowling Green and UNLV, although UNLV is a little bit better than people realize, I don't think you get in as a one-loss non-league champion. Ohio State was able to last year at 11 and one. I don't think you're able to do it this year. So for Michigan, it really starts this weekend. I really think you got to be 13-0. and That's on top of the fact that all the other stuff going on, swirling around outside of the program, take care of business and you're in. But Michigan, you lose to Penn State. I think at that point, your chances of going to the college football playoff are actually pretty slim. Number four, Florida State. So Florida State undefeated in the ACC atop the standings. Florida State, another one. Final three games are Miami this weekend, Northern Alabama, the next weekend, Florida on the road to to end the regular season. Then you would play in the ACC championship game. As of right now, it's trending to potentially be Louisville in that game with Florida state. What I think is interesting, Florida state. it, It has become clear that the ACC feels like they are the fifth of five conferences. In other words, if we have a bunch of undefeated and one-loss champions in the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, the ACC champ, if it has one loss, I believe would get left out if every conference champion finished with zero and one losses. And so from Florida State's perspective, things are it's getting interesting because that LSU win that looks so good early in the season, well, LSU is now six and three overall and completely out of the picture for everything. The Clemson win that felt so good in the moment, Clemson is five and four, and they're out of everything. Okay. Even the Duke win, which looked good, Duke has taken on some losses since then. And so for Florida State, best that you could do finish 12 and 0, win the ACC, go 13 and 0, leave nothing up for debate. Also, from the Florida State perspective, I do think more than most other schools, kind of rooting for chaos elsewhere because of the scenario that if things go poorly or, or if, if everybody ends up with one loss, they're on the outside looking in. So the best thing that could happen for Florida State not only went out, but if Texas were to take a loss, if Washington and you know lost somewhere along the way, if Oregon took a second loss, those are all things that help Florida State. But it's pretty straightforward. Win out and you're in. You take one loss along the way somewhere, though, you could be on the outside looking in. Number five, Washington Huskies. Credit to them. I picked them to lose last Saturday at USC. They get the victory playing very good football out of the USC game. We're not great the previous two weeks, but their pathway, there's nothing else to say. Three, three regular season games left. They are not easy. By the way, Washington over the next three weeks plays Utah at home this week at Oregon state, which is a top 25 team. And then Washington state to end the regular season. And then you would still have to play Oregon in the conference championship game. Very likely. And so for Washington, you got to keep winning. But I do think even if you take one loss in league play before the conference championship game, I still think a one loss Pac-12 champion gets in. The league is strong. Right now, there's about five teams, four teams, whatever it is that are ranked. Yes, they're all beating up on each other. But as long if you're Washington, you could take a loss. You obviously can't take a second one. You obviously would have to go to the Pac-12 championship game and win there. But if you're going to take a loss, do it in the regular season. Think they would be fine as long as they take care of business in the Pac-12 championship game. Number six is Oregon. Oregon took that loss to Washington. It looks better and better every week. Oregon might be playing the best football of anyone in college football right now. Their path is a little bit easier. They get USC at home, Arizona State, and then they are at Arizona State and then end with Oregon State at home. So Oregon State, in theory, could be a spoiler for Washington, and it could be a spoiler for Oregon, who remember they beat a year ago. Oregon at number 6, it's straightforward. You have no wiggle room. You have to win out. You have to win out in the regular season. Then you got to go to the conference championship game and avenge your loss against Washington. Good thing is, since the Washington game, I think you could argue, they're probably playing better football than Washington is, destroying everybody in their pathway. They destroyed Cal last weekend. They destroyed Utah a few weeks ago manageable schedule, but hey, Caleb Williams is still playing chip on their shoulder. Be careful with USC this weekend. Oregon wins out. They are in and boy, oh boy, would I love to see a Washington Oregon rematch in the PAC 12 championship game. Number seven, Texas, Texas, you know, one loss. They're the only team in the big 12 right now with one loss They and Oklahoma State control their own destiny. I don't think Oklahoma State is a playoff contender. Even if they went out, they would have two losses, even if they win the Big 12. Texas, though, you win out, you're in. You do have that loss to Oklahoma, but they also probably have the best loss in college football against Alabama, or best win, excuse me, at Alabama. Every week, that win looks better. We talked about the Florida State win over LSU looking worse as time goes on. The win over Alabama looks better and better and better every week. So from the Texas perspective, you got to win out. The question becomes, will you, as they deal with the quarterback uncertainty, Malik Murphy has played. He has not played well, 55% completion percentage, uh, three interceptions in the last two games. The good news is Quinn Ewers appears like he is set to come back soon. Sark said earlier this week, he has gone from week to week to day to day. Would not expect to see him uh, this weekend. Texas plays at TCU uh, and then they close with at Iowa state and Texas tech got to win out, got to win those games. You'll probably play Oklahoma state in the big 12 championship game. Win out, you're in another loss. You're out. Number eight, Bama Bama roll tide, baby. I don't think there's much to say here. Listen, Bama, they have gotten progressively better since that Texas game. um, And I'm so fired up for them. Good news for Bama. The rest of the schedule in the conference up until the championship game is relatively manageable. If they were to win this weekend at Kentucky, they would clinch the SEC championship game. Or if somehow they lost, but Ole Miss loses to Georgia, they would also clinch the SEC championship game. But at that point, they're probably out of the playoff picture. So for Kentucky, you got to win those final three regular season games at Kentucky, Chattanooga at home, at Auburn. Win those three, you're in the SEC championship game. But even there, you got to beat Georgia to get in. You lose to Georgia, that's a second loss. Georgia at that point, probably, I don't see a scenario where they have two losses at that point. You're probably in Alabama. They've been playing playoff games basically since they lost to Texas. They've won every single one. Got to go 3-0, and would have to beat Georgia at that point. But I'll tell you this, if everybody ends up with a loss somehow along the way, I mean, you talk about Alabama as a potential number one overall seed. If they were to run the table, they would have a great win against Ole Miss. They would obviously have beaten Georgia at that point. The only loss to Texas, Alabama went out and you're in. Let's get to number nine because they're kind of like, you know, like the chaos theory team, right? My, my buddy, Tim Brando calls them the, the, the fly in the ointment. That's the Ole Miss Rebels. So Ole Miss right now, even if they went out, is are not guaranteed to make the SEC championship game. They're currently at eight and one. They're only lost to Alabama. So they play Georgia this weekend, but even if they beat Georgia, if Alabama wins out, Ole Miss is going to the SEC championship game. So for Ole Miss to uh, go to, uh, for the Ole Miss to go to Atlanta, first of all, they've never played in the SEC championship game. They would have to beat Georgia this weekend, beat uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Alabama would actually have to lose to Kentucky and Auburn, giving them two conference losses. Don't think it's going to happen. And Dor- and uh, Ole Miss would still have to beat Georgia for that to happen. What I do think is interesting, though. Here's an interesting hypothetical for you. Let's say they win this weekend. Let's say they win out eleven and one, only loss at Alabama. At that point, you'd have to think that if the Big Twelve has a two-loss champion, if the Pac-12, if the ACC somehow uh, things get chaotic, you'd have to think that Ole Miss would be in line as a top potential a one loss team right even if they don't win their division 11 and one only loss at bama and they would have a win at georgia at that point which is very interesting by the way you want the craziest scenario here's the craziest scenario how about this how about this Ole Miss beats georgia this weekend georgia and alabama play in the sec championship game alabama beats georgia no georgia beats alabama so Georgia at that point, Ole Miss wins this weekend. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. At that point, Georgia would be a twelve and one SEC champ. Ole Miss would be an eleven and one non-team in the uh, in the SEC championship game, but they would have a win over Georgia. Both teams, uh, you know, Georgia would have a win over Bama. I think Georgia would get in. But imagine that Ole Miss beats Georgia this week, runs the table, finishes eleven and one. Georgia loses to Ole Miss, but then goes on, beats Tennessee, beats Alabama for an SEC West title. That is a fascinating scenario. Georgia's only loss would be to Ole Miss. Something to consider. Let's get to the final two teams. Number 10, Penn State. Listen, it's all on this weekend. They win this weekend. They're very much alive. As I've said a few times, the tiebreaker would be in their favor. But if they were to lose, season's not basically over. But, you know, you're still going to go 10-2. and two. You're going to go to a big bowl game. But any playoff hopes are done. Good news for Penn State if they somehow do lose this weekend. uh, And we're going to preview that game momentarily. 12-team playoff is coming. I don't think there's a program in America that will benefit more from a 12-team playoff than Penn State. I think there's a stat where I think four or five years. If we had had a 12-team playoff from the time James Franklin got there in 2014, 2015, whenever it was, I think Penn State would have been in four or five times. But they're still very much alive for the 14 playoff, but you got to beat Michigan here. Uh, And as I said, right now, they would need to beat Michigan and then they would need Michigan to beat Ohio state. They would hold the tiebreaker. If Michigan were to uh, lose to Ohio state, then it wouldn't matter. Ohio state would be going to the uh, big 10 championship game as an undefeated team, but just keep an eye on Penn state there. Finally, there is one more team. I don't think people have considered that could in theory, make the college football playoff. It is your eight and one Louisville Cardinals. How about the Louisville Cardinals sitting at eight and one right now? One loss in the ACC. A um, couple decent wins, you know, not great wins. They did beat uh, uh, Notre Dame earlier this year. Incredible win for them. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame, that win carries less weight as time goes on. They also took care of business. Uh, in some other uh, big games earlier this year, the Louisville Cardinals did beat Duke earlier in the year. Duke is a really good football team that's obviously struggling right now because of some injuries. Louisville, 8-1. and one. They still have Virginia this weekend, then at Miami, then Kentucky on the road to end the regular season. At that point, you'd be 11-1, go to the ACC championship game, like Florida State. Uh, I think if you finish 11 and 1, you better hope that either the Big Ten champ or another champion gets tripped up along the way. And I don't even know if they're going to survive. By the way, you want a team that could potentially cause chaos? It's Miami. They play at Florida State this week, host Louisville next week, could throw a real wrench into the college football playoff conversation. But if Louisville wins out, be 11 and 1, 12 and 1 as the ACC champ, they'd at that point have probably a pretty nice win over Florida State. Louisville is still technically in the college football playoff race. All right. Hope that was a good little synopsis of everything that's going on in the world of college football and in the world of the college football playoff uh, race. As I said, 11 teams that in theory could still make it. Tell you what, though, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are going to preview. We have two mega, mega games this coming weekend. Okay, We got top 10 matchup, Michigan at Penn State. As I'm recording, Jim Harbaugh still going to coach. So we'll preview that with the assumption Jim Harbaugh coaches. But by the time you listen to it, who knows? Um, And then also Ole Miss at Georgia. We're going to preview those two games. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you, everybody, for your support of the Aaron Torres podcast YouTube channel. And we have a major announcement as with legal sports betting. Coming to the state of Kentucky, by the way, college hoop season is here, so you know Kentucky is on fire. Well, guess what? Here is the announcement. The Aaron Torres Pod YouTube channel has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and here is the cool part. DraftKings has an incredible offer for first-time customers who are listeners of the Aaron Torres Pod YouTube channel. Here is what you need to know about that offer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers can bet $5 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code Torres. That is right, Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. It's that simple. Download the app, bet $5 on any game. Could be pro, could be college, could be basketball, could be football, and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the code Torres. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook. Incredible offer. First-time customers, take advantage right now. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears and uh, listen. If you are a regular listener of the Aaron Torres Pod, first of all, credit to you. You're a great person, great humanitarian, great civilian, whatever. But beyond that, if if you've listened to the show all fall, we've kind of switched up the format of the show a little bit. This Wednesday show, we sometimes have made the decision to preview some of the big games of the coming weekend on the Wednesday show. Why wait until Friday to talk about all the big games when we could do it on Wednesday? Kind of give you time to digest it, to think about it, to bet it. DraftKings Sportsbook promo code TORRES. Bet $5 on any game, get 200 bonus bets instantly. Yeah, you liked that plug, didn't you? Anyway, I do want to preview the two big ones this weekend, Penn State, Michigan, and Ole Miss, Georgia on today's show. We will get to the full preview on Friday, previewing the rest of the big games. And oh, by the way, make sure you're... Uh, Subscribe to the College Football Betting Show as well. Deep dives on all these games. Let's get to the first big one, though. And it is Michigan at Penn State. Michigan is a four and a half point road favorite. The over under set at 45 and a half. And by now, you don't need me to tell you everything that is going on off the field in the lead up to this game. And it is worth noting. As I record here, uh, there's been rumors and speculation that the Big Ten may make a decision on Jim Harbaugh, may suspend him, Michigan may appeal it. But as I'm recording, there is no news. And as I'm recording, Jim Harbaugh is expected to coach this game. Obviously, by the time many of you listen, that may have changed, but just want to put it out there in the ether so there is no confusion. But that said, Michigan, of course, uh, has been embroiled in scandal, but coming out of their bye last week, thought they looked pretty good against Purdue. You know you're rolling. When you beat a team 41 to 13 and people said, Oh, you don't look as dominant as you used to. You must've been doing something wrong. They took care of business. They were in complete control. They were up 20 to nothing. And as I said, on Monday's Aaron Torres pod Purdue's points, three of them came when Michigan went for it on their own 34 yard line, right before the half, another touchdown came on the final possession of the game. And it was funny to see the public reaction to the game versus Jim Harbaugh's reaction at his Monday press conference. He threw out some stats that absolutely blew my mind in terms of how dominant Michigan was in that game. How about this for a couple stats? One, uh, Purdue had a grand total of one drive that went more than six plays. One drive that went more than six plays. I believe there were either six or seven three and outs in that game. And Purdue, like every single one of Michigan's opponents, has yet to run a play play inside the 10 yard line against Michigan. This defense is dominant. What I do think is interesting though, about this Michigan team specifically, the run game has not really gotten figured out all year. By the way, that's not a Connor stallions thing. They weren't running the ball. Well, when Connor stallions was on the staff, they didn't run the ball well last week against Purdue. And it was something Jim Harbaugh talked about this week. He said, I remember meeting with you guys last year and you guys told me, Hey, are you going to be able to throw the ball when it matters with JJ McCarthy? Now we're throwing the ball well, but we're not running it very well. So that is an interesting thing to think about as we enter this game, especially because they are playing by far the best defense that they have played all year in Penn State. Now, to be clear, Michigan actually has played a couple good defenses, Rutgers, Nebraska, we'll get to that in a minute. But credit to Penn State. You know, listen, we we know what happened two weeks ago against Ohio State, three weeks ago really at this point, but they bounced back nicely. And specifically, that offense has bounced back nicely. 30 plus points against Indiana. And then last week, 51 points against the, uh, against the Maryland Terrapins on the road. So things are finally starting to really click at a high level. Drew Aller. How about this? 20 touchdowns and one interception for Drew Aller probably played his best game of his career. And that's to go with the elite defense that Penn state is playing. Listen, I, I could sit here all day and just rattle off stats but I thought it was interesting on that Maryland game that I just referenced, Brock Heward, who was calling the game with Jason Benetti, they basically said, pick any single defensive category in America. Penn State is top 10 nationally. I think Brock said it's 20 plus categories that Penn State is top 10 nationally. Scoring defense, total defense, run defense, red zone defense, pass defense. So they are elite across the board. And it goes without saying, this is going to be the toughest test that Michigan has faced. With that said, though, as we move into the transition of making a pick for this game, I don't think I I actually do like Michigan in this game, and I do think we have to, you know, we have to be careful with a couple things. One, the 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 Connor Stallion stuff goes without saying, right? But two, like I was thinking about this, everybody says, "Oh, Michigan hasn't played anybody yet," and like, there's no doubt this is the toughest environment that they'll have played in. This is the toughest team that they'll have played in, no doubt. But don't, don't don't tell me they haven't played anybody. Because they played Rutgers earlier this year. You're going to laugh. Well, what did Rutgers do against uh, Ohio State last week? Rutgers was up at halftime against Ohio State. Rutgers has a top 10 defense in the country. Michigan put up 31 points and that game wasn't close. Nebraska, top 10, uh, top 20 defense in America, elite rushing defense. That was actually the game that Michigan had its best performance against the, uh, uh, on the ground with the run, 49 yards rushing. And so I bring it up. Don't tell me they haven't played anybody. By the way, I would say outside of uh, Ohio State, Penn State has not played really elite competition this year either. Uh, I guess you could say Iowa's okay. I guess you could say West Virginia's okay. But I don't buy the notion that Penn State that Michigan hasn't played anybody. And I would also say, well, I think everybody is focused on how does Penn, how does Michigan handle a step up in competition? Here's my thing that I don't think anybody's talking about. We saw Penn State against elite competition. It was not very good. Now I get it. Ohio state is elite defensively and Penn state played Ohio state on the road. So I get it. I get those that would say playing Ohio state at home or on the road is completely different than playing Michigan at home, especially in the middle of this scandal, especially with a lot of questions around this Michigan program. But we saw Penn state against an elite defense and it did not go well. Does anybody, am I the only one that remembers Drew Aller and that Penn State offense against Ohio State, it was really bad. For people who have forgotten how bad it was, I'm going to pull up some stats for you that are, I don't know if they're going to blow your mind. It was really bad, though. Remember that game for Drew Aller. He finished that game 18 of 42 passing for 191 yards passing. Penn State was one of 16 on third down against Ohio State. Again, I get it's different on the road, but at the same time, to me, we saw this team against an elite defense. Drew Aller is not an elite athlete playing quarterback. Very strong arm, good arm, but you get him off script. You make him make plays with his feet. You get him uncomfortable out of the pocket. He struggled. I don't think Penn State has elite receivers, and so I look at this game. I still think the matchups favor Michigan. Better quarterback. Defenses are pretty equal. Penn State's run game is a little bit better, but they haven't really gotten it going either. And lastly, let me say this, and we're going to talk about this a little bit with Georgia here momentarily, because one thing I give credit to Georgia to, they're a very resilient team, but I think Michigan might be one of the most resilient teams that I could ever remember, okay? And it was funny because in the preseason, I talked about this. Michigan in the preseason was my national championship pick. By the way, for Penn State fans are like, oh, you're just picking Michigan because you picked them to win the national championship. I actually picked Penn State to go to the playoff as well. I picked Michigan to go 12-0, and win the Big Ten, Uh, Big Ten East, and I picked Penn State to go 11 and 1 and beat Ohio State. So, you know, in a perfect world, I'd love for all these teams to get in and make me look smart. But when I look at Michigan, I do think they're one of the more resilient teams I can remember because think about everything they've been through and think about what we talked about in the summer. When I picked them to win a national championship, remember, Jim Harbaugh was suspended the first three games of the year. And what I said at the time, I said, I don't think this is going to affect them at all. Because this team has been through more on-the-field, off-the-field adversity than anyone I can ever remember. Remember, it was two years ago, two off-seasons ago, that Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the Minnesota Vikings job on the nas- on the day of National Signing Day. And I remember coming on the next off-season and saying, how can those guys trust Harbaugh and what are they going to do? And they're not going to be able to bounce back. And then what happened? They ran the table 13-0 going into the college football playoff before they lost to TCU. So I bring it up because I look at this team and I do think it's just going to be business as usual for them. Harbaugh talked about blocking out distractions, focusing on football, and I think they're going to be able to. I'd also say this too. I do think sometimes teams take on the uh, personality of their head coach. We just talked about it with Harbaugh. Feels like all this stuff just kind of rolls off Harbaugh's shoulders you know, you see him at the press conference on Monday. He's talking about Rick Flair. I'm having a good time. I'm happy to be here. So thrilled. Love football, blah, 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 this and that. And his team kind of takes on that. James Franklin's teams kind of take on his personality too. They play tight in big games. They played scared in big games. James Franklin in the past, certainly against Ohio State, I thought he coached scared in that big game. And so I look at this game and I look at James Franklin and I look at how he's handled things. When this story broke a week ago, James Franklin. I don't want to say he was whining, but he was more outspoken than most. Now, this week, he's kept it quiet. This week, he hasn't given any bulletin board material. But last week, it was, well, you know, I mean, sometimes you just think you're in a perfect play call, and they have a perfect answer to it, and you sit there and wonder, how did that all happen? Not calling him a whiner, but he's kind of a whiner. And when things go good, he's the best guy in the world, and when things go bad, it's whatever. And so I like Michigan to win this game. Do think it's low-scoring. Do think having the better quarterback, the more experienced team on the road helps. Go ahead, give me Michigan. I'll say 24 to 10, just because I don't think Penn State's going to be able to move the ball. think the under is absolutely in play, but I am picking Michigan to win and cover on the road. Uh, again, as I record here, Jim Harbaugh will be coaching Michigan. We'll see if anything changes between now and kickoff. Let's keep it going, uh, and let's get to the other big game. And this one is a doozy. Ole Miss at Georgia. Uh, Saturday night, so it's not even the SEC 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central time game. Saturday night between the hedges, Georgia actually opened as a 12-point favorite. It's down to 11. Uh, the over-under set at 59.5. And, and it was funny. I was thinking about this game. We just talked a minute ago about, you know, Torres's big thoughts in the preseason, right? And I picked Michigan to win the national championship. And I picked Michigan to win the national championship over Alabama. And everybody else pretty much had either Georgia winning it or at the very least in the playoff. And I said, I think Georgia gets tripped up somewhere. And the game that I had circled in my head was the Ole Miss game right before Tennessee late in the year. So it's amazing that we're here. And it's amazing that somehow there's even more at stake than I even could have imagined than any of us could have imagined uh, in the preseason. Georgia's obviously playing for a trip to Atlanta. It's worth noting, if they do not win this game, they are not guaranteed a spot in Atlanta. Okay, Tennessee plays Missouri earlier in the day. If Tennessee beats Missouri, it means that it is essentially a winner-take-all Tennessee Georgia game two week uh, uh, two weeks from now. A week for, you know not this coming Saturday, but the next one. If Tennessee beats uh, Missouri and Georgia loses to Ole Miss, and then Georgia were to lose to Tennessee and Tennessee beats Vanderbilt final week of the season, I know there's a lot on that, but it would be Tennessee going to the SEC championship game. So there's a lot at stake. And then obviously for Ole Miss, there's no secret, right? They are sitting with one loss in the SEC. It is to Alabama. Uh, They certainly, they need to not only win this game, but they need help. Alabama has to either lose at Kentucky or at Auburn. The The Kentucky game will be done by the time this one kicks off. So Ole Miss has a lot at stake as well. Should be a fun game. Should be an exciting game. As I mentioned, the spread has already come down from 12 to 11, So a little bit of money coming in on Ole Miss early terms of this game. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, And I think, you know, we, we, you know, we're kind of at the time of the year we know these teams, you don't need me to bro. This team does this well. And we kind of know Ole Miss is of course, coming off that, that wild win over Texas A&M just feels like Lade Kiffin has Jimbo Fisher's number. And I give him credit because the defense did not play great, but they got the stops when they needed to. Right. That big red zone pick that ended up going the other way for a touchdown was a 14-point swing. Texas A&M was about to take the lead. Instead, they intercepted a couple of plays later. It's a touchdown. Uh, and obviously, the late field goal, they they block it, which leads to the victory. So credit to Ole Miss. The the, the defense and, and the special teams made plays when they had to. And that offense is fierce, man. That offense is fierce. They run the ball well with Ulysses Bentley, uh, with uh, obviously Quinshawn Judkins. Quinshawn Judkins, excuse me. And then that kid, Trey Harris, the wide receiver transfer, my goodness, was he unbelievable. Over 200 yards receiving a week ago. For Georgia, you know, for Georgia, it was kind of status quo, right? Um, Georgia, to me, they remind me of a boxer. It feels like early in the game, first half of a game, they're kind of feeling you out. They don't go for the knockout punch early. Old Miss sometimes goes for the knockout punch early. Michigan goes for the knockout punch early. Uh, uh, you know, Oregon goes for the knockout punch early. Georgia's just kind of giving you that jab, giving you that jab, giving you that jab, bodying you up, making you, fe- feeling you out, feeling you out, feeling you out. And all of a sudden you look up and it- it's close and it's early and it's this and it's that. And then they come out of the second half, they're prepared, they're disciplined, they're confident, and they make plays. And the Missouri game was basically the same. Now, last week was a little bit different. Luther Burden, Missouri's best skill position player, got hurt in the second half. But it was interesting to me. Just another Georgia victory. And kind of like what I said about Michigan. Give this team so much credit because they never get rattled. They've been in so many big games. They're so confident. You know, I think early in the year, I think there was a perception that they were sleepwalking early in games. I don't think they're sleepwalking. I think they're just, they're very confident about, their ability to um, take your best shot early and withstand you over four quarters. What I will say as I turn my attention to this game, though, as we turn our attention, I think Georgia's got to be really careful with that here. Because, again, Georgia is a team that in the first half of games, again, feels the opponent out. Not saying they're, they're lazy, they're sloppy, they're this, they're that. But go back. They trailed South Carolina at the half. Auburn was tied at the half. Missouri last week was trailed at the half. They they went ahead and and won all three of those games, but probably their three biggest games so far in the SEC, you know, outside of Florida, trailed at the half and tied at the half and two of them. Can't do that against Ole Miss. One, you come out slow against Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin having a week to dial some stuff up. You know, Lane Kiffin, like any great offensive coach, his best stuff is going to come at you that first and second drive when everything's on script. You know, Georgia, I mean, Ole Miss could be up 14-3 if you, if you mess around and, and goof off early. But then also I think the second half it's important because the second half, they're not going to let up and they could keep scoring and they could keep piling it on. So this isn't South Carolina. This isn't Auburn where you're eventually going to wear them down. This is a different team with a different offensive skill set and a different ability, and you better be ready to play four quarters. Now, from the Ole Miss perspective, I have concerns as well. And it's specifically – Believe it or not, it's the pass defense. Again, the parallels with Georgia and Michigan are kind of interesting now that I'm kind of talking it out. By the way, talking it out, these are two really fun games. But Georgia this year, again, I think we all think of Georgia as physical, run game, tough, mean, Kirby smart. And it's like, no, Carson Beck has been awesome. Carson Beck is their quarterback. They have the sixth-ranked pass offense in all of college football right now. And for people who thought that they were going to struggle in the post-Brock Bowers world. Carson Beck in the two games without him, 550-plus yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, uh, yeah, I think they're just fine without Brock Bowers. They'd love to have him back. Not saying they would have loved to have him back, but what I am saying is they they are doing just fine without him. As far as the game is concerned, listen, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to move the ball through the air. Uh, old Miss, that pass defense has been not very good, bluntly. They haven't played a lot of great pass offenses when you think about it, and when they have, they've gotten torched. LSU torched them. How about this, Max Johnson? I'm not a fan of Max uh, from Texas A&M. He kind of torched them last week, and so I think Carson Beck. It's going to be much the same. If I did have to make an official pick on this game, I, I mean, I can't bet against Georgia, right? It, it, and and you know, this was one in the preseason. Like I said, I thought Ole Miss might be able to win. Am I going to do it? I don't know. I'll say. Let me say this. My official best bet in this game is the over. I think Ole Miss is able to put up 30 plus points. I think Georgia's defense is tested in a way that it hasn't been since the, uh, since the Ohio state game in the college football playoff a year ago. I also think that bluntly um, Georgia is going to be able to move the ball pretty much at will. So if I had to make a best bet, I would actually say, I like the over. Um, I want to pick Ole Miss so bad because this was the game I had circled in the preseason, but I just can't do it. I mean, Georgia's just so good, so convincing, so confident. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be I'm gonna be a wimp. I'm going to be a chicken. I'm going to be a... I can't do it. I can't bet against Georgia. What are you, out of your mind? So go ahead and give me Georgia winning Ole Miss covering. I do like Ole Miss to cover the plus 11, and I do like the over to hit. Give me Georgia 38, Ole Miss 31. I like the cover, and I like the over in this game. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Air Torres Pod. How about that? What a show! Quick show, fun show. Uh, you know, pretty much. Um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty short show. And here's the great part: we did a whole show without talking about Connor Stallions in Michigan outside of just mentioning him in the game preview. So no Michigan updates to report. Thank goodness. Uh, but I think it's time for us to get out of here. We've had a busy week of shows. If you missed the previous two shows, Monday's recap show was awesome encourage you to check that out. Tuesday, we did a little bit of reaction to Michigan, as well as our college hoops takes after night one. Talked a lot of college hoops on Tuesday's show. I also made my final four national championship pick. So if you missed that, make sure to check it out. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Also make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. By the way, also on TikTok, big TikTok guy here. Uh, Make sure you're following on TikTok as well. But I do think that's it. do think it's time for me to get out of here, and I appreciate your support. Shout out to Torrent. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick, UFhead. Unblock me, bro. What are you doing? Unblock me, JJ. It's hoop season. And I picked Duke to win the national championship. Spoiler alert if you missed the college hoop show. I'll be back on Friday. New episode of the Aaron Torres Pod. Also, make sure to check out the college football betting show on Thursday. See you Friday, people.